Awesome. Great to be here. One more time. Thank you for being here. If you're a guest with us, new, we are so thankful to have you that you would spend a Sunday morning with us. I hope that you find this to be a place where we are, what we would call ourselves the Rad Fam, where we're family and we love getting new people in to be a part of the family of what God is doing. And so thank you for being here today. And uh, man, we love it. Also want to encourage everybody, go to radiant.family on your app or you can go church center app, the same thing. Check out all the events, lots of exciting things happening. A couple of big ones that are coming, we'll talk a little bit more about. But life groups are starting here in just a couple of weeks. And in fact, we have our life group tailgate kickoff party coming up here on August 2nd. It's for the Ohio State and Indiana game. We always have a big crew, a big party, a great time together. And would invite you to come join us August 2nd, 3.30. It's an afternoon game. Yeah, August would be a long time away from now. Thank you. September 2nd, uh, it's going to be a blast. So if you are, have a life group, this is for you. If you don't have a life group and you want to be a part of a life group, this is for you. And if you're like, I don't want anything to do with life groups, well, the Lord's going to work on your heart. But it's still for you. So come on out for that fun day. We're going to have food. You can bring a, a side dish to share, tailgate food items. We'll have some main dish things. And it's going to be a fun time celebrating and just having a good time. And I mean, who doesn't like a good Buckeye football game? And we're playing Indiana, so it should be an absolute demolition. So it should be a good, good day. Hopefully there's no Indiana fans. And if so, oh, oh yeah, they're right over here. Like a whole, oh man, so sorry. Don't know what to say over here. But that's okay. Uh, it's going to be a good time. You can also sign up to become a part or to jump in life groups. Maybe you say, you know, I would love to be maybe to run one in the future. Sign up. Let us know. We'll follow up with you. And if you don't know which one to sign up for, just let us know. Sign up. We'll, we'll get you connected to a group that fits you. And something I want to be sure everyone knows, when you sign up for a group or when you go to one, it's possible you go to a group and you're like, I don't think that's my forever group. That's okay. All you have to do is let us know. We'll get you connected. Be sure you get into a group that fits you and your life stage and your situation. And that's what we want to be a part of. So love to have you sign up for groups. Our teams, we're also in a push trying to get more, more, new people in kids ministry and first impressions and media. Uh, maybe some of those areas. Love to have you. You can sign up. Let us know. We'll contact you and get you plugged in as well. There's also a few more events that are coming. Be sure to check it out uh, 50 plus group is going to be here today, not at Pastor Dave and Kay's because I don't know if they were saying this, their air conditioner died and it doesn't seem like a good day to not have air conditioning. So they're going to be meeting right in that room. So if you are 50 plus, you are invited to lunch in that room right over there, right after the service and just stick around, have a good time. There's also youth trips coming up. Time Apart Women's Conference is coming up here soon. Uh, on the 22nd, 23rd of September, sign up ladies. It's always a blast at Heartland Conference Retreat Center. And my last two, water baptism on September 24th. We have a couple that want to be baptized. Let's do it the 24th. And if you would like to join them, never been baptized, right over here, we're going to have a baptism during service. Sign up, let us know. And our last one is child dedications. We have a couple that are, are already a part. And if you want to be a part, join in. Let us know. Sign up August, or I'm sorry, October 1st. I like August for some reason. But October 1st, we will be doing that and uh, would love to have you join in. Lots of things. Be sure to check out the Church Center app, Radiant Life Church or Radiant.Family uh, for all the info, calendars, what's coming so we can all stay informed and together. Also, thank you for your financial support and giving. 
We are a church that believes in the principle of tithing. We give 10% of what God gives us and then go over and above in missions and whatever he would ask us to do. And because of your faithfulness, we get to see awesome things happen all over the world. We have 75 missionaries and mission organizations we support with at least $175 a month because of your faithfulness. There's no way that would be possible. But when we come together as a church family, then 75 missionaries and mission organizations are able to pour out the love of Jesus. And we don't always get to be front of the spear where the gospel has never been personally. Like we don't always get, but we support missionaries literally all over the world that that's what they do. And uh, yesterday I was a part of our Tanzania missions trip team. We have 14 going to Tanzania in uh, the middle of October. And it's going to be awesome. We are pumped about it. And be praying for them. Uh, but in Tanzania, there are multiple, including Gil and Dolphy, who we support. They literally go to places where there are not roads to get to those places. They go in the bush and they find people. They put churches and schools and see hundreds of people that have never heard the gospel come to know the gospel. That's what you get to be a part of, what we get to be a part of together. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for participating in what God's doing here at Radiant Life Church. One more thing before we dive into the word. Ethan and Abigail, would you guys come on up here? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, let's give them a hand while they come. So over the last couple months, we've had a, uh, a role here at Radiant Life Church that uh, our assimilation and first impressions and groups and discipleship, that kind of role, uh, that we've been asking the Lord, what would you have us do? How would you have us work that out? Ethan and Abigail came to our church right about 10 months ago, and they've just been a part, just like everybody else in the room. Uh, they've jumped on board, they've served, uh, they've led classes to help people hear the Lord, help in their own personal walk in their life. Uh, they're both evangelists, they love to share Jesus, talk about Jesus, and when I say that, I don't mean on a stage in a microphone, although that too, I'm sure, but at a gas station or on a street or in a grocery store, they love to see Jesus proclaimed. And so a few, a couple months ago, uh, God just worked out all the pieces to start this conversation that not only being a part of Radiant Life Church, but jumping on staff of Radiant Life Church. And so that's what we're doing is we're bringing them on staff to be a part, once again, to work with first impressions, assimilation, discipleship uh, groups, and then discipleship, even going beyond our groups, you know, one to 12, maybe 13, 14, 15 in a group. So what's that look like when we even get more than that and have one-on-one -on -one discipleship? What's it look like? How can we see the word of God become real? And so that's going to be their, their roles uh, serving together. And so we're thankful for it. Pastor Ethan jumped on, started on Monday. Abigail here, she is finishing out at Heartland. She has another couple weeks and she'll be uh, with us here beginning of September. And so thankful. But you guys want to maybe just share a tad bit about your, your life, your calling, who you are, or really what? your passion is. Yeah, I'll do that real, real fast. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Um, we are just so excited to be here and be part of the team. Seriously, it is a blessing and an honor. We want to do life with you. Seriously. Yep. Our, our desire is to empower you guys to reach your community, your sphere of influence, your neighbors. Yep. We are supposed to be the body of Christ and Jesus' body hung on a tree to make a way for mankind to get right with God. Come on. We as that body now have the same opportunity for us to help people get led to Jesus yeah. so that they can be right with God. That's our heart. That's our passion. That's what we hope to do here. We are so excited. It is an honor and a blessing. Come on. Come on. Love it. Here's my wife, Abigail. 
Yeah, so come say hi to us in the foyer after service. We would love to meet you. Um, we are both huggers, so please give us a hug as well if, if you would like one. We have plenty to offer. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Let's give him one more hand. Thank you so much. We're excited. I love If you didn't know, I'm, I'm all for change. Like, I love change. I love new. I love exciting. If you're like, change is not your love language. There's many of you out there. God is doing something special, and I believe you're going to see this, the team that he has placed and put together. God is doing something in our office. We love being a part of staff, staff meeting. We're just having fun. There's something about coming together, having fun, and seeing the vision God has put before us as a team. Let's do it. We're going to make it happen. One thing, one thing at a time. And this morning, we're actually going to talk a little bit, maybe beyond our staff team, but to our church team. Ephesians chapter 4 really dives into unity in the body of Christ. What we just read a few minutes ago really pulls it out in such a way who Jesus is and what he has for us. What it said, I therefore, prisoner, or Paul, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Something about knowing who Jesus is in our life makes that possible. Until we understand who he is and what he's done, it's hard to have a calling. It's truly hard to know what we're supposed to do. We can say we like, uh, in fact, Abigail just said hugging. We can say, oh, we're huggers. We, we are talkers. We're maybe super extroverts or we're super introverts. We can know a little bit about ourselves. But until we know Jesus and he gives us the call that fulfills our life, we can't ever fully get it. We can't ever fully be there. And this morning, walking in a manner that is, is worthy of the calling is all about knowing Jesus. And when we think of unity, we have to be united in him. We have to be united in what he has and who he is for us. Now, just in the book here of Ephesians, we see a few things kind of chapter by chapter of who Christ is. In chapter one, we see that Christ is the head of the church and that we serve as members of his body. <clears throat> you know, he's the head. He's the one that's driving it. He's the one that's making it happen. It's not us. It's not a pastor. It's not a leader. It's not somebody that's good at talking. Christ is the head. In chapter 2, we see that Christ is the cornerstone of the church and that we dwell and grow in him. Being in Israel a couple months ago, the cornerstone, those are massive. It, I mean, it sets the line. It sets what is happening. Jesus, that's who he is. He's the cornerstone. We're not trying to set everything based on a human or a person or a philosophy or a strategy. It's about Jesus, what he is. Ephesians makes it very clear we must align with him. Chapters 3, we see that God manifests his manifold wisdom through the church. How can that happen unless we're in him, unless we're growing in him, unless we're alive in him? Chapter 4 continues to tell us that Christ gives the church workers. It's Christ who pours out people, a Ethan and Abigail, to be a part of the church. But even more, you and me and every one of us in this room, he gives us, he pours workers out to be a part of his church to accomplish his mission. Chapter 5 tells us that Christ is the Savior. He's the sanctifier. That Christ loved and sacrificed himself for the church and that the church is to submit to him. And when we do, we will be nourished. We're one in Jesus. We're one in who he is. We're one because of him. It says there's one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. 
who's over all and through all and in all. That is the basis of our life, the cornerstone Jesus. We are in him. We're through him. There's only one. Unity is vital. <clears throat> Excuse me. God is doing something special, and he does it when his church is united. Now, this weekend, we had a bunch of people. It was so much fun, men and women. Uh, women on Friday night at our house. Uh, on Saturday, we had the men. It was a blast. A bunch of you were here it, or were there. It was, it was so cool. But in the lead up to that, what, you do things like weed eat things that you haven't weed eated in a long time. Uh, you need that people to your house periodically, regularly, just so you can keep things looking good. If you're like us, I mean, you know, that's just helpful. So if you need to get some stuff done, invite some people over. And if you have any pride at all, you'll get it done because you got to make it look like it's always like that. Kind of kidding, kind of not. But that's neither here nor there. But my son, he was weed-eating around our fire pit. There's going to be a bonfire for the ladies. And he's weed-eating, and it was tall. I mean, like this tall. The weeds were, it was like a, now a centerpiece in our yard. Just a beautiful grass circle. It was very nice. But it was getting weed-eated down. And all of a sudden, he hit what was a yellow jacket nest that was in the ground. And then there's yellow jackets. And he threw all of the weed-eater and everything, and he's running away. He got stung in his head and in his wrist, and that was terrible. And then I see him, so I go over. And then we're far away. And then one of those little things bit me or stung me right in my leg. I was like, we're not even near you anymore. What are you doing? And can I tell you, this has nothing to do with it. But this thing kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger for over 24 hours. It just bigger. Finally, this morning I woke up. It was like, oh, it's not bigger than it was yesterday. So hopefully it's going to go down. That was the most painful sting I've ever had in all my life. I normally, I'm like, you all are wimps that run away from bees. Now I'm like, maybe I understand. I might understand why you run away. But we then started a fire. And in fact, uh, it I don't know if this is the best way, but I was like, how do I get rid of these bees? So I got a gas can and I dumped gas down this hole where they were and kind of on the area and I lit that thing on fire. And if you've never done that, you shouldn't. And kids never do that. It was like, whoosh, like huge. You have to light it fast because the fumes, it was crazy. No one was injured. Lots of bees were injured, but no, no humans. Um, and so we, we took care of it. And then we started a fire because there was going to be a bonfire. I was like, if we have a fire here, there's no way these bees are going to come back. And you know what? I was shocked. I sat and watched for hours trying to decide, can we have ladies go by this bonfire or not? And these bees would come back and they would literally fly into where they used to be that now has fire and they would die. I'm like, bees don't normally go into smoke, I didn't think. I didn't think that was their thing. Definitely into heat, but it was where they were from. It's what they did. It's what they were used to. And they just kept coming back and flying or flying around the fire and getting burnt up by it. I was shocked. I did not believe once again that that's what they were supposed to do. But when we don't have our base, our foundation where it should be, as humans, sometimes we do the exact same thing. The Bible talks about the foundation, Jesus, talks about the foundation of who God is in our life, talks about not the foundation being what your childhood looked like or what traumas we've had or what issues we've had or what, what things have taken place, including getting stung by a bee. Can I tell you the last two days now every, single, every time I see a bee, I'm like, stop it, Chris, hold tight, hold firm. You're not going to act like that. But I'm like, I want to run away from them, right? But is that not how we are in our life? We have things that happen, and then it changes us. These bees, 
they were so locked into where their home was that they just kept flying back into this hole that now had fire in it. And when we're not locked into what Jesus says and what, who he is and what he has done for a foundation, then we can be just like those bees and keep running back to the same stuff. The same stuff we know hurts us. The same stuff we know now because we now are on the other side and Jesus is moving in our life and the word is real. We know it's not going to be beneficial. We know it's not going to be helpful. We know we can't run into the same fire and it be a good experience. But so often we get stuck in where we've been and what we've done and who we used to be that now we can't get on the other side to who God has made us to be. And to be united as a church, to be united as his church, not only radiant life, but to be united with him, we have to leave our home that was not placed at a good spot in the middle of a fire ring. And we have to say, Lord, what's your foundation for me? What's it look like? And someone I want to be sure, I'm not talking about if what has happened was painful. I'm not talking if what has happened was good or right. No, pain, those things are terrible and they're hard. And it's not like you just snap a finger and now you're, everything's fine. Sometimes God does that and we are all for it and we pray and we believe. Let's give God the chance. But so often we have journeys to walk. We've got to get out of addictions. We've got to get out of problems. We've got to get out and we have to get out of friendships that we shouldn't be in and, and get people in our life who are with us and are pushing us towards God. We have to make movement, but we can be so quick to just keep going back to the same hurtful place, the same hurtful mentalities, the same hurtful things that have happened over and over because it's what's normal. Here Paul he begins and, and tells them, if we're not one in Jesus, if we're not one in who he is, Ephesians would say, if we're not one in his death, his sanctification in our life, his sacrifice, if we're not submitting to him, if we're not, then we're not going to be nourished by him because we're not experiencing what he would have for us. If we don't get right down to it and truly believe that there's one body and one spirit, just like you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. If we don't believe that and instead we live our life in a way where whatever and anything is all okay, then we're never going to be able to walk in the call that God has placed on our life. We're never going to be able to walk in the freedom that God has placed on our life. We're never going to be able to walk and say, I used to be so different but now God has set me free he's delivered I think different I act different I live different everything about me is different because it's not my foundation of what was done or what happened or who trained me or what the teachers did or what schooling no it's now what's the word of God say and what's the foundation stone my God my father my king what's he say and that's who I'm going to take Radiant Life Church, we can only be one when we're in Jesus. We can only be one when he is everything. We can only be one when our life shoots and shines through him and there's not anything else that, that we let be a part of who we are. One in Jesus. You know, as we continue on, the next few verses continue in verse 7. It says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascends on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Verse 9, and saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who, who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. 
Now what's this saying? Jesus was victorious. He came to earth. He came. He ascended or descended down. And when he went back, the word of God says in John 16, 17, that it is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And Paul is saying that what Jesus said, what Jesus said when he said, I'm going to go away and it's going to be good for you, that he went to heaven. He won victory over death, hell, and the grave. He won victory in your life. And because of that, he pours out gifts to you. He pours out the goodness of God to you. What we sang about is not just something we sing, but his goodness is real in your life. And if in this moment you feel it, or if in this moment you're like, I like the idea, but it's difficult. I like the idea, but life is hard. I like the the truth of the word remains the same. And when we stand on his word, there's gifts that he's gone. He's already won the victory just like a, 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 a soldier that is leading the charge, there's this victory march. And they've won. They've done it. They've made it happen. And now there's gifts to be given to his people. The next verse, 11, says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And you know, we are one in Jesus but we're also, we're united in the gifts that he gives his church. As I was praying this week and thinking and uh, specifically about these apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, our church staff right now is set up in a, a really cool way. Pastor Rachel and myself, we are, we are definitely apostles. That's kind of our thing. What, what is an apostle? A special ambassador of God's work. Blaze new grounds for the Lord. What's that mean when we go on a sabbatical for 10 weeks, Pastor Brian's like, oh Lord, don't let him come back and just change everything because it's going to be something new, something exciting. And we're like, yeah, well, you never know what might happen. And that's what Pastor Brian's job is, is to pick up the pieces on the backside of whatever happens because let's do it. That's kind of an apostle. We're going we're gonna to start something new. We're going to do it. And sometimes, which I work really hard not to do, but sometimes, I don't know if I've ever done it, but I'm it could happen any day. It's just the, the, the thing is that he might find out what the new thing we're doing on a Sunday morning when I'm preaching someday. Because it's like, whoa, God gave this to me this morning and now we're going to do it, right? That's an apostle. I work really hard to not do that. I try my best, but you never know, right? Prophets here at church, Pastor Dave, Pastor Catherine, they would be Pro uh, prophetic in nature. They're going to hear what God sees. They're going to experience that and they're not afraid to maybe tell you what that looks like. And we need prophets in our life. I say if someone stands up and says, I am a prophet and then I'm a little bit more like, eh, I don't know that I need to hear what you have to say. But all of these things in the same way, we need a prophet to come and speak the truth. Now, when it comes to prophet, uh, someone who speaks words of God and it must be in complete consistency with the word of God, the Old and New Testament. In other words, if someone gets up and says, God's given me this word for the church, and it doesn't line up with the word that he gave us, his Bible, then we can say, good try, good effort. Let's grow a little bit more, and let's hear the Lord a little bit more, because the word of God always wins. It always wins, no matter what. Evangelists. I mentioned just a few minutes ago, Pastor Ethan uh, Abigail, them as a team, they are evangelists. They go talk about Jesus everywhere they go, wherever it is. And I love it. We, uh, Pastor Dave has been praying a long time, Lord, we need an evangelist at Radiant Life Church. We need an evangelist. 
That's what these guys do. And they love teaching people how to walk in that evangelistic gift. And church, we need to be more and more evangelistic because there's more and more of a world that needs to know Jesus and more and more of a world that don't even know his name. When we are in downtown Columbus and we can find a bunch of people, they're like, Jesus, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. In America, no way. We need evangelists. Pastor Brian, he is, he's a pastor. He's a shepherd. He, he might be, have some apostle gifts and some other gifts, but he loves walking with people, texting people, calling people, hanging out with people. There's something about just pouring into people. Pastor Matt, he is killing it. Our youth worship, I mean, you worship, youth and missions pastor, he loves to teach the word of God. He's pouring into the students. In fact, we have about 15 homeschoolers and they're going to have a Bible class this, this, during the school year on Tuesday morning because he just loves to pour out what God has done. He loves to teach. And when we all do our parts, God can use us as a whole to another level. But you know, just to be clear, I can't go through every person in the room because we'd be here a long time. But this isn't about some pastor level or some leadership level at church. God gives gifts to every single person in this room. And every single person in this room has a gift that God has called you to, if you're a part of Radiant Life Church, of how you, along with your neighbor, along with the person three rows behind you and in front of you, how we fit together. And when the church comes together and we're united, we're one in Jesus, but then we're united in using the gifts that he's given to us, then the church has worship teams and the church has people that play instruments and the church has people that smile when you come in the front door and the church has people that are in with our kids in fact uh jamie who's running our our uh, kids ministries here in an interim way she said this morning a kid gave their life to jesus she put it on our church text it's like come on that's what happens that's what happens when we all use our gifts and there's people in media and there's there's people that use all of their these different areas in different ways than the church functions and the church doesn't function only so we can have a smiling face and we can get coffee and we can come and it can be nice and people sing well and uh, we try not to have people that don't sing quite as well yeah, I mean th maybe we give them another role uh, you know we put people where that makes sense right because of calling people that can't don't have patience for kids we try to keep them out of the kids wing like right I mean that makes sense but when we come together then the church is able to be united because everyone gets to do what God has called them to do. We all get to be a part of this calling together. And when we're working together and growing together and serving together, church is way more fun. I don't only come and I'm here, but I come and I serve and I, I use what God has given me to be a blessing. And when we all do that, then we're so much better and the church can grow and we can see the power of God. And there's people in this room that have uh, that apostolic gift or prophetic gift or uh, the evangelistic or pastor or teacher gift that God's calling you to. And right now you might just be kind of sitting it out. Don't wait, don't sit it out, but say yes to him. What does he want you to do? And begin to take those steps to foster those. Pastor Ethan, we just mentioned that discipleship journey. Pastor Brian loves to be all of the team and then the people that sit next to you. What is it you need to do? Let's, let's get bold and say, hey, Pastor Ethan, Pastor Brian, I'm trying to figure out how to get connected and I'm trying to figure out how to serve. I'm trying to figure out how to be a part of what group. I'm trying to figure out how do I get connected and use my gifts. Don't just sit back, but let's let God use us as a team. Be united in our gifts so that more people can see Jesus. That's the purpose. It's 
that God's people would be equipped for the work of ministry, for his service, so that the body of Christ would be built up and expanded. When we all participate, when we're all apart, church, something good happens. Something good happens. But when we aren't, then there's holes and there's gaps and there's things because he created us to be a body, every part functioning in the way that he's created. So let's do it together. Radiant Life Church must be united in our gifts so that we can all be built up and grow. Last few verses this morning, Ephesians 4, 13, as we continue through 16. Say, until we all attain to the unity of faith, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Why would we be one in Jesus, why would we be one in who he is? Why would we be united in our gifts? Because if we're doing it on our own, then we're tossed to and fro. We never grow into to being mature, but instead we act like children who run around and they have a lot of fun. Children do a lot of crazy things, but children also just jump and run and run right off the stage and jump off the stage. And some of us in the room, if we did that, it would cause a fall. It'd be no good. We must grow and mature and become all God has created us to be. We must be together in the faith, acting as he is. Why? It says, because there's cunning and craftiness and deceitful schemes. There's things that are waiting to take us down. If we're not walking in unity with Jesus and we're not unified in who God has created us to be, we will miss what he wants. We're going to miss who he has us to be. We're going to miss as a church where he wants us to go. We must be together in faith. This love, when I think about sharing the, uh, the truth in love, anybody, is that normally a good thing or is that normally more negative? I think most of us probably think of it like if someone's sharing the truth with you in love, you think of it as negative. They're going to tell you what you don't want to hear at the minimum, right? You know, when I think in our life, so often we are in a place and we put ourselves in a place where we don't want people to really tell us what we're doing wrong. And so we make up great excuses why we're not going to listen to somebody. They come and they're like, John, you, whatever, this is. And you're like, well, they used the wrong tone. They didn't have the right heart. And if you're like me, maybe I'm the only one in the room. But then you start saying, have you ever looked in the mirror and looked at yourself? Because you're not exactly some model of perfection yourself. Anybody else? The first, there were more laughs in the first service, so I'm not sure. More holy this service or, or what? But when we think of that thought, we're like, I don't want anybody to share anything with me in love because that means they're going to tell me what I'm doing wrong and I don't really want to be told what I'm doing wrong. You know, when I was, as I've been praying my whole life, I am a justice person. I want it to be just and I want it to be right. Which meant if I disagreed with you or if it's just very black and white, everything, it just is. And it's been a growth process that someone could come and they could say something and something I disagreed with and where I wouldn't get angry at them, but instead I'd be like, what could I pull out of this? It's been a long time ago, maybe 15 years or so, or, or so ago, and uh, 
Someone who's still a friend, a part of uh, what God's doing. But they came and they wanted a meeting with me in my office on Monday morning. And I say, church, that's, that's always scary to a pastor. Nothing good happens in Monday morning meetings. I'm not sure why, but just feels like that. And so they came and they gave me this document. I can't use any other word. It was 10 pages printed up, this whole thing. And said, hey, if it's all right, I just want to be sure I can express this well. So I'm just going to read this to you. So how long does it take to read 10 pages of typed? A long time. So they literally sat there and read this 10-page document. And as I got to about one quarter of the first page, I realized it wasn't all these good, exciting, great job, Pastor Chris things. It was the opposite. It was probably nine and a half or more pages of the stuff that I'm doing wrong as a young pastor. Some of them are probably correct. Like, I'm, I'm not necessarily. But overall, most of the things were like, no, that's just not who we are. That's not what I'm called to do. That's not what we're called as radiant life in this season to do. It was good heart, but it wasn't pulled off in the best manner, I would say at, at minimum. And I sat there and I had time to be flustered. I had time to be annoyed because it was a long time, 10 pages, reading that baby out. It was a long time to be like, oh my goodness, I cannot believe this. I, I had a long time to be like, what I really want to say is you are insane and no way. Just take this right back where you came from. But I had enough time. The Lord was good. Maybe if it was eight pages long, I might not have had enough time. If it was six pages or three or two. But you know, I sat there. I was like, Lord, I think I need to learn something from this. You're obviously wanting to teach me something. And there's something about realizing that in that 10-page document, most of it I just didn't apply. It just didn't apply to what we were, where we were. But there were a few things that the Lord began to convict in my heart that were really beneficial to me, like to today, still to now. There were these things that were beneficial. And if I do it in my own way, I would have thrown out the whole 10 pages because nine and a half of them to me didn't apply. It just wasn't helpful. But there was enough that the Lord spoke to me. And at the end of it, God had worked. We had like our own prayer time during this long reading of this document. And I was like, you know what? Thank you so much. And I pointed out, I think two things that like, thank you for sharing. These two things really jumped out at my spirit. And I was able to say, I don't know how the other stuff, I'll, I'll think about it, but these things really jumped out at me. And there's something that happens when as a church, we say we are united in the Lord enough. We're united in our gifts and our service that we can't just bail. We can't do that. That when someone comes and even does something in a way we don't like or appreciate or would prefer never happen again, that we can say, hey, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I'm not sure. You might even, you definitely be real. I'm not even sure how that's going to, but I'm going to pray on that. What happens if God gives you just one thing from somebody that might have messed it up a little bit? But then it might change your life because you were willing to say, Lord, they did their best. And even if their heart wasn't the best, Lord, do you want me to teach me something in this? And if that's our view with people, then when a friend actually comes and is sharing their, their, their truth and love with you, then we're willing, Lord, I want you to sell me the truth. And I don't care if it hurts a little. I want to know the truth. And if I need a little pain in my life to get where I should be, Lord, I'm open to it. And I'm not going to get mad if Kenji comes and gives me a, a word or of advice or a thought. And Kenji's not going to get mad if I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure if that's going to work. Like we can have conversation. We can do that. And we can be better and stronger, not oh, I'd never want to be around them. Or how about if I sit on this side of church? Maybe they won't see me. No, that's not being unified. 
And when we get to the place where we're together in faith, when it's all about God, it's all about who he is, we mature, we're no longer being tossed to and fro, then I'm not worried about what someone might say today at church because the worst case, someone was really in the flesh and they really were outside of bounds. And then I could say, Lord, forgive them. I forgive them. It's okay. When we live our life in that way, I no longer have to try to hold the list of the things that people have done against me because that's not helping anybody. It's definitely not helping me. What happens when as a church we say, Lord, we are under you. We're on your foundation. We use our gifts. We're united in what we do together. And now we want our walk with you, the truth of you, together in faith, speaking the truth in love. We can be real with one another. And it's all right if sometimes I mess up. Sometimes you mess up. Sometimes we try. And I, I pray that we're doing it in love. I pray we're not doing anything crazy. But if we're growing together, and you come and give an idea, and I'm like, that's not even biblical. That's okay, because we can have a conversation, and we can grow, and we can grow together. Let's be a church that is so united that there's almost nothing. In fact, let's lose the almost. There's nothing that anybody could do that's going to pull us away from loving that person and helping them walk and helping them grow. So what happens when a church is like that? What happens when a church is so unified that we may, in fact, there's a lot of people in the room. There's a lot of ideas. There's a lot of preferences. There's a lot of I would do this and you would do that and you would do this. But when we're united in the faith, who cares what the song is or what the light looks like or if it's warm or cool or who cares? I'll just bring a jacket or I'll wear shorts. I mean, we're front row, multiple shorts. You can wear shorts, whatever it is. What do you, it doesn't matter because we love Jesus. And we're going to follow Jesus. And we're going to walk in Jesus. And we're going to be together in faith, looking and walking in him. What does he have for us? No more being tossed to and fro. I believe that today the takeaway on an individual basis is if you feel like you might be afraid that someone's going to offend you. You might feel like, ah, I'm not sure. You, you don't want to be around people because it's just, it might be a good day to say, Lord, would you help me? Go away from my foundation. And will you help me be a part and graft myself into your foundation? I want to stand on you. And I don't want to worry about what someone might say or do or think anymore. No, I want to care what you think. And when I do, then I'm going to be good. And I'm going to stand true in you. And we're going to have a good time as a family. And every family has the weird uncle or the whatever. And there's this person. And every family has someone that, right? That's just humans. We're humans. But we're going to go back to the family reunion. We're going to go back and we're going to love our family. And we're going to care for our kids. And we're going to care for the people around us. That's what we are, church. Let's be together in Christ. Radiant Life Church must be a group of united believers serving together in faith. And God worked this all out. It wasn't even part of the plan that we were going to start really pushing groups and teams today on the day that we have to be together to be together. And Sunday morning is being together, and it's so important. It's a celebration. But there's another level when we serve together and when we do life together, studying the word together in groups. Church life is so much better. And I want to encourage you today. Would you let God speak to you next week? And you can sign up online today. Next week, we're going to start having cards for a couple of weeks. That how can you be involved? How can you be engaged? What's that look like? Our tailgate for life groups. Come hang out with us on September 2nd. Let it be something that, that you become a part of. And if you say, man, doing something new, that's too much. I want to beg you. If you get through the difficult time of the first couple times of a life group, then you know the people. 
then all of a sudden you realize this is fun. You realize, I want to be a part of it. And even if you're super introverted, you need people in your life. We need each other. We need to be a part. And it may be easier for Pastor Chris because I'm like, wow, let's do this thing. Maybe you're a little bit more reserved. But when you get in and you get people that are pouring into your life, when you get people that are pouring into you as you're serving alongside of them, all of a sudden, we become together in faith because we're going the same direction. Not just the same place on Sunday morning, but we're going the same direction because we're serving and we're growing and we're looking more like Jesus. It's worth the difficult beginning to have a group of people that maybe for the rest of your life, maybe for this next season of your life, they get you through. They pray with you. They believe for you. They help you make it from where you are to where God wants you to be and it wouldn't happen unless you're with people. So church, today, my prayer is that we would be one in Jesus, that we would be united in our gifts, and we'd be together in faith. Before we leave today, I just want to pray for you. I want to pray blessing over you. Ask God, if you're alone, would you personally commit, Lord, I'm going to do better. I'm not going to do life alone. That's my prayer for you. So Lord, today I pray for each one in this room. Lord, I pray that God that those that may feel separated or those that they've just been doing their thing for a long time. Lord, if it's not what you have and the calling you have for them, Lord, a part of the body, your body, then Lord, I pray that you would draw each of us to that place. What do you want us to do and help us to accomplish that? Lord, what is it here at Radiant Life Church? What's it throughout the week? What's it, uh, what's it look like where we work or where we go to school, wherever it might be? Lord, we want to fulfill your call in our life. So Lord, make us one in you and let us be united as we serve you using the gifts you've called us to together. Lord, I pray that those that maybe uh, aren't a part of a team and uh, maybe even truly don't see the, the value, Lord, I pray that if that would be something, would you open their heart to that? And as we serve together, Lord, we know there's going to be more people just like that young person at Kids Church today that gave their life to you. Jesus, we're going to see it over and over and over. And Lord, we're going to be built up. We're going to be united. We're going to be together in faith as we go after you, Jesus. After you, Lord, you are so good. You are so good and we need you. We need you, Jesus. One body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Lord, we want to be united under you. So bring us together as your church here to be a part of what you're doing around the world, your global church. We thank you, we praise you, and we worship you. You're so good. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Radiant Life, I'm so thankful for each of you. I love what God is doing here. I pray you are feeling him, his presence on Sundays, but all week long, when we get together, get involved in groups, be a part of teams. You can go check those out. Check, talk to any of our pastors, our leadership team, those at the New Here table. If you need help, you just want to know, how can I get plugged in? We would love to help you walk that journey with you. And uh, there's nothing like being together, united in the Lord, united in our belief, walking in Him. This week, church, have a good one. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. See you again next week.